0: Welcome to the Circuit of Success Podcast. The Circuit of Success Podcast with your host Brett 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 Gilliland Brett Gilliland Visionary Wealth Advisory. Brett the Circuit of
1: Success
0: Podcast. Let's start
1: the show. Welcome to the Circuit of Success. I'm your host Brett Gilliland. Today I've got my old buddy Chris Dryer here. What's up, man? Excited to be here. It's Thanks good for to have
0: you back in the building. Yes, yes. It's changed. It's changed. I miss it. Yes. So
1: Chris used to be in our office building here, and now he's living the life in Southern Illinois, right?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, Southern Illinois, Murfreesboro, Marion, love it. It's a good area, God's country, right? Right, a lot um, else.
1: It's awesome. Well, it's good to have you, man. You are the CEO and founder of Rankings uh, an Inc., five thousand company, man. Five years in a row, six. six years in a row. Who's counting? <laughs>
0: right? Who's counting? Countin'?
1: That's old news, you know. That's just old news. <laughs> so six years in a row, man. And uh, what I think is cool is I, I didn't know much about you or your business, and you know, here you are. You're on our second floor, and I'm like, what is this rankings.io thing? I don't even mm-hmm. know what IO is. And it's like, you know, as we've you know, gotten to know each other and I've seen you grow over the last five, six, seven years, whatever it's been, uh, it's been amazing to watch, man. Thank you. So, uh, but before we dive into all the great stuff, let's talk about what's made you the man you are today and go into that backstory a little bit because there's a drive that's in there. Oh yeah. yeah. We got to figure out what that's about.
0: Let, let's let's hear it. Let's look, like, what do you want to know? How far back?
1: hey whatever some moments in your life that you think this is some, probably why i do what i do in today's world
0: yeah so the audience is probably going to think i'm a crazy person after some of this but uh <laughs> let's see so in i was really competitive in sports and my dad was like always drilling me like weekends were practice it didn't matter like we got the reps in to the point where like some of my friends like they would want to come to practice with the dad and then they'd come be like no we're never going again right. I was like yeah it's practice it's not shoot around time All Right. so that kind of drive stemmed from him he's very Rick, ricky bobby-esque okay. like yeah. second place is the first loser is right. like basically my dad yeah. so he pushed me I went to college I knew my mom always told me I was a rebel and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was honestly a terrible student. I don't know how I ended up with a history education degree. I I thought I was gonna be a basketball coach and do the collegiate path, just stay with the competitive side. And I got this job at Heron High School and I was the detention room supervisor because if you're a supervisor there, it was the same track as teaching. So I could do that for two or three years and be a fourth year teacher, right? And I typed in how to make money online And I took this course and by the end of my second year teaching, I was making like four times the amount doing digital marketing I was teaching. And it was just time to go time to go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I got paid those summers off. So it was like, I get paid the whole summer and I got this and I moved to Florida and my roommates all work from home and it just wasn't the best environment as a party environment. And my, I hit this first Google algorithm that everyone talks about. And it took my income down from like, let's say 16 to like two. Wow. (laughs) Back then I wasn't the saver of money Hmm. uh, or the investor. Mm -hmm. And so I got on Craigslist because that's what you used to do. And I typed in SEO and I sent off my resume to so many people that I hit their filter. And that's just an insane amount. And I got hired, I got three job offers and most people say, Chris, well, which one do you did you take? And well, I took all three because yes. <laughs> they, were, they were remote, yeah. full-time jobs. I had my team and they're all agencies because so I got to see what worked, what didn't work. And after about a year and a half of that, I, I got the confidence to start my agency. So that's like the fast paced version. Hmm. There's a lot of chaos and yeah. uh, little things. Learnings that. and uh, yeah.
1: victories and losses. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, um, when, when did you bet on yourself to say, you know what, instead of getting this nice gig from these big agencies, I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to go out and do this on my own. What was that turning point for you?
0: The real turning point was I had the three agencies cause I had a team and I, and I today everyone talks about delegation and working on your business and SOPs and all these things, but I already had that. I had a knowledge base and processes mm-hmm. that my affiliate team was from the Philippines and I was using a company called Odesk. It's now Upwork. And so I was the best employee at all three jobs because the amount of productivity I could do was so much more than everybody else. Cause I had a team behind me and I, that's where I got the confidence. I always say, you know,
1: the team behind you is from these other employees, mm-hmm. right? These other mm-hmm. companies. Yeah.
0: I, I like to say that competence gives you confidence. You probably heard a version mm-hmm. of that. And I just, the confidence increased enough to where I started the agency. And just from a math perspective, it was like, I only needed a handful of retainers to, to make the equivalent of what I was from a salary perspective. And I knew that I could hustle and do it. And that's what I did.
1: It's just a math problem at that point. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So, um, for that, so you started that and and I think what I've appreciated over time watching you, what, what I think is also scary for a lot of people is you, you went into a niche market. Right? You oh, say, yeah. I'm only going to work with lawyers, right? Attorneys, yeah. lawyers. Mm-hmm. Um, how, was that scary? And if so, uh, how did you overcome that?
0: The scary, yes, uh, different aspects of it, right? The, the first thing I thought was I didn't have, I was undercapitalized. And I knew that if I was going to hit multiple industries, I need to have a lot of capital to really have the best chance to succeed. I know there's a lot of stories of other people that did it. But so. I looked at legal and being transparent, there's a status component to legal. It's not like you're doing home services for, you know, pest control, not to say anything's wrong with pest control companies. There's a little status component there. Uh, it's been around for a long time. So a little bit more insulated to to, from risk versus new tech or AI or web three or whatever, not to say those aren't emerging too. And I made that decision, but the real, decision that I did was different is I took not only legal, but I s- did a subset for personal entry law. Yeah. And that was the real scary part because it's like, I'm saying no to all these areas of law and I'm only going to focus on this one. So my ta- Tam was significantly smaller. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so when you think about that, then how did you go about marketing yourself? Right? So if you're a new mm-hmm. agency, I could work with this big guy or big gal in uh, mm-hmm. New York or you know California, wherever, how did you differentiate yourself to then get the client
0: yeah that's a that's a a big question here right is differentiation and back in the 70s this term evolved and it was a usp that's when it came about but really what it what it meant was how are you distinct how are you distinctive Mm -hmm. in the market one way to be distinctive is to be the best and to be to focus on a certain area Uh, There's perception that you're the best in that field. But, you know, you got to remember every brain surgeon has their first brain surgery. (laughs) There's a perception there, no matter what you know about them from their background. So that was that was part of it. The a lot of times people talk about marketing and, and doing different tactics and they miss the relationship equity. And, for example, even in the legal space, I don't I don't know the top criminal defense firms or family law besides maybe some locally they hear on the radio but in the pi there's an awareness that comes about and you kind of move up the ladder from a relationship equity and now you know i know morgan and morgan i know mike papantonio but it took time to develop that yeah
1: so how did you do that though so yeah i mean so because i think about it in my world too is trying to find the people that i've been able Mm -hmm. to be around you know in my career i didn't start that way though right yeah working with people that, you know, we could barely rub two nickels together and that's where we all started, right? And so I'm always curious about how you got into the the circles and the roles that your people you're with now.
0: In the beginning, I didn't have a ton of capital for distribution for TV and radio and all these things. So I had to do the things that didn't scale. So that's a lot of one-to-one, shaking hands, taking people to breakfast, taking them to lunch, building that network and doing social media, all the things that, that don't really scale, you have to do them kind of individually one of the first things I did was I knew I was in the legal vertical and I was just looked on LinkedIn. I'm like, who is in the legal space that I could meet with? And I had breakfast locally. In fact, like right across the street with a few people and I just stayed connected with them. There was fine law reps oh, um, yeah. uh, from Thompson Reuters and ended up being referral relationships. And that's kind of how it set the tone. Of course, once you get more capital, then you can pay for, paid ads and distribution and you know even your your podcast things like that build over time but early on it was a lot of belly to belly a lot of shaking hands a lot of relationship stuff
1: yeah. It was funny because i wrote down this is five years ago now i'm 45 but when i was 40 i wrote down things and i one of the things i wrote down on the top 40 things i've learned in 40 years was take the lunch right because a lot of times people are like yeah I don't want to take the lunch or not you know it's not going to result in anything it's not going to be yeah. i'm not paid for it, whatever it may be and it's just i found for years that, that going belly button to belly button right eyeball to eyeball building relationship mm-hmm. good things come out of it and you don't know when but good things come out of it you agree
0: i i couldn't agree more and there's a certain trust component yeah that comes from that and you know even though when we're talking about leverage there's not a lot of leverage there's a one-to-one Versus what we're doing, you know, your audience—it's like a keynote presentation every week. Right. But those are the things that I think the trust component is a little bit of an intangible. Yeah.
1: So, talk to us about SEO, search engine optimization, right? So people yeah. hear that, but the, the layman terms for guys like me—that we hear it, we don't know exactly what it means. You know, whether I'm a lawyer, a financial guy, mm-hmm. or a carpenter, whatever it is, how important is it, and what in the hell does it actually mean for us as business owners?
0: Really good question. So search engine optimization is essentially when you think of this, it's just call it Google. Yeah. Google owns the lion's share. It's it's making sure that your business ranks at the top of Google mm-hmm. for whatever industry you're in. And there's a lot of challenges that go with that. Of course you can do paid and, and do that immediately, but that could be very costly. Mm-hmm. The from an organic perspective, it's creating excellent content, targeting keywords, making sure you get your content endorsed, which is backlinks from other websites. And each space is a little different, right? If even in law, if I was gonna target, say a patent attorney, there might be only one in the city. Mm. So just by the nature of being the only one, you automatically rank. But when we're talking personal injury or criminal defense, ton of saturation, ton of competition, and it demands real expertise. Yeah. And that's what it is. And that's, that's when I think of it, it's just one channel of many and it's, and we're just playing the game of attention arbitrage. Yeah.
1: And I think, too, I, I learned this years ago from, I can't remember where I even learned this, but even if you make a um, charitable don- donation to somebody, mm-hmm. right, they even said, ask for your website to go on that thing, right, that mm-hmm. website for cancer, whatever it may be, because that helps, right? It helps yeah. back in the algorithm. Is that right?
0: Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's, there might be some SEO divas listening, but yeah, it's it's an endorsement. Yeah. When another website has your link to your website, yeah on there it's it's an endorsement it's a vote in terms of trying to win it's that like election point system right mm-hmm.
1: basically a points the more points i get the, the higher up I rank yeah
0: it's a math game. game
1: yeah so the podcast certainly doesn't hurt
0: doesn't hurt the big thing about podcasts is a lot of us including myself we we transcribe yep. the episode and a lot of times we'll put a link to the website of of who your guest was well that's a link so it's a good tactic for you know, the guest, it's, it's excellent yeah. for the host too, from a distribution perspective. I like it.
1: Um, how do you focus on branding and how important is branding for a, uh, for us business owners?
0: Oh boy. Branding. It's, it's absolutely essential. There's, there's so many components that goes into it. I, I think that it's what it really comes down to is, is memorable, being memorable, standing out in a crowded space and, when people talk about the rising costs of these channels, a lot of times they're talking about direct response marketing mm-hmm. and because it's very short term orientation and they're not looking at a long term perspective. And really, when you're getting those lower CPAs, those lower costs require client, it, it, it comes from brand and word of mouth marketing. Okay.
1: And so you focus on that from just the name of your company is it, I mean, what do you focus on when you think of branding or a different word, whatever word you use, what, what do you think about there?
0: Yeah, it's, it's critical. I think of a company and personal brand. So myself, I have my interests, my hobbies, my expertise, but then the company has its own uh, reputation that it wants to surround itself from. And, goes back to being distinctive. Like, how do you stand out amongst all your other competitors? And those are the through line messages that you want to reinforce to your audience. So how would you do that? Yeah. So the thing that I did, I hired an outside consultant. We read every single review. We surveyed our clients. We surveyed our, our employees. And it, it was a lot of data. And we found kind of some commonalities that people were repeating and, and we kind of leaned into that.
1: Yeah. So would you say, um, how many employees do you have now?
0: Right now we got, uh, for rankings, we've got around 40, 42.
1: Okay. And you said for rankings, so is there something else as well? Yeah.
0: I, I have, uh, seven companies now. Okay. Um, so I've got a real estate company, I've got another agency, you've got a content company, you got a media company, uh, and it's, it, and I'm not, trying to bloviate it. it's 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 came from basically the main cash cow which is rankings yep. just opportunities it's led itself yeah. to these yep. others
1: yep i like that what um what habits would you say you have or what are you doing right now to stay in the game and be a student of the game mm-hmm. uh, for you and your industry and your businesses
0: yeah on the edge some with learning i mean we were talking i was joking i was hanging out at barnes and noble <laughs> <laughs> today the uh every morning I read a, I read or listen to an audio book or a podcast. Yeah. So I'm at like 84 business books this year to Holy date. Crap. Um, got a business coach, Bobby Castro. Uh, he had a little exit of a billion bucks. Um, That's it? And just a little <laughs> manages, uh, like 700 million or million in real estate. So he's, uh, helping me think bigger <laughs> and raise those ceilings. I bet. And then I'm in a few masterminds and I'm just a a student at the game i love the game
1: so to talk to us about that coaching so i mean i look you know some of the sports stuff behind mm-hmm. me, you know i look at michael phelps back there and you know he had a he had a coach he's the, the greatest olympian of all time and best mm-hmm. swimmer of all time and and uh it'd be hard to believe his records will be broken but you know he had a coach he had a nutritionist he had all these things mm-hmm. so why is having a coach so important uh for you
0: the biggest thing is it just lifts the ceiling of what you think is possible. And, and I really need to equate this. I would say there's a coach perspective and then there's like a mentor, a a coach would be more like accountability and like working on the tactics. Mm -hmm. And I think when I said coach previously for Bobby Castro, he's more of a mentor, like here's what's possible. Here's, here's how, here's what worked for me as opposed to just holding me accountable. And I, I think there's uh excellent reasons for both for me i've always struggled with the diet and health so a you know a fitness and diet coach or nutrition coach which i have now is way better for me because i haven't had the consistency and i've needed a little bit more accountability or tactics on the business side i've got the tactics from reading and all the masterminds i need more of the mentorship so it's just evolutionary and and just learning you know you've got to continue to improve your skill set yeah. to compete.
1: I think putting your money where your mouth is matters though. I mean, I'm yeah. assuming all those aren't free.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, so you're definitely you're not free.
1: A, you're writing a big check for that stuff. Yeah. And so why is that something you feel that's necessary? Cause a lot of people listen to me mm-hmm. like, dude, this guy's a screwball, right? Or I have a business coach. I've paid a lot of money to a coach over the years. Why are we doing that?
0: There's money is the equivalent of, it basically keeps you accountable like there's no sunk cost right it i think of it like this like if i was gonna go to the gym and i don't have a personal trainer i could maybe make an excuse to not do something because you know hey it's i don't have the time whatever but when i'm paying someone and i'm gonna let that person down because they're spending their time there's a different level of accountability and commitment that goes with that and for me i, I find that that it's just very, really effective um yeah, I've had multiple coaches in different areas and disciplines because a lot of times the books, they are mindset or motivational and they really don't get tactical for say financials right. or <clears throat> different things of that nature. It's just really challenging from that medium and I've needed those for different disciplines. Yeah,
1: I I do. I agree. I think the books, I, I read a lot, I, you know, 10 pages a yeah. day, minimumly, um, but when I think of that, it is, it's not the real meat and potatoes. Yeah. Right? And, and so I think that's another good reason to to go out and hire a coach and, and doing that. So let's talk about the grind as well. So do mm-hmm. you enjoy the grind? I assume so, or you wouldn't be doing what you do. Yeah. But like, w- what is it about the grind that you enjoy?
0: I'm going to sound like the biggest nerd in the world, but <laughs> I used to be a gamer and I would play like the... The rpgs the role-playing yeah. games where you like you have this guy and they level up they get some coins they buy better equipment or that's what that's what business is like you you start with a few employees and then you get more and you have more capital to invest in things and it, it is truly the game i enjoy the game i hire people that i enjoy working with one of the first the easiest ways to leave the company is if if like you're toxic and just um so it really matters for value so yeah that's that's what keeps me going for the for the grind and it's just i can't i can't have that same enthusiasm playing a video game and right things like that so how,
1: how do you how do you handle the stress is that yeah. easy for you i mean because it's not just a game because this is a, it's a big game we're playing
0: yeah the stress one's really tough um <laughs> i haven't really perfected that one honestly the hang out with the family and wife and traveling and, and getting away and decompressing really going away from tech really helps me. And yeah, I'm, I'm still working on it. I can't, I would say that's one of the biggest issues is shutting it off. Okay. Yeah. Uh, head hitting the pillow. It's still like just firing on all cylinders. So I might have issues sleeping, but some I need to improve on. Yeah. So how do we do that? Maybe, maybe get a coach for it. Maybe yeah. talk to people that have had the same challenges. And, and I think I, having an awareness that that is an issue and it's changed because when it was just me and the wife, um, I had more time now that I've got my son, it's like, Oh, like I gotta be really intentional about all this. And, uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, a lot of effort to improve there.
1: And I was just, as a, you know, the old Wiley veteran, I am, my oldest is 18 now, which is hard to believe. Uh, so I got 18 down to nine or eight, no nine. Um, it's just—it's crazy, right? Life yeah. will get busier, and I think the more the people that are listening to this, or for yourself, whoever, the, the more we can structure our time, right, and be purposeful mm-hmm. and have the ideal calendar, the ideal day, the ideal week. I have found that is to be more, way more productive.
0: I couldn't agree more. You hear these individuals that have mastered it. Yeah. Right. Like the Rob Deerdick where he's yeah. like managing by minute, yeah. And then you have the Jesse Itzler that's yeah. like talking about these, uh, is it Misogi and these experiences that yep. he has the he's a
1: phenomenal follow.
0: Oh yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so I think those are the individuals that model because clearly they're both phenomenally successful and th- there's a lot that we can learn from. Them. Yep. So what, um,
1: when you th- when you think about AI and you think about chat GPT, I'm asking a lot of guys these questions now yeah. because it's you know, it's all you hear about, right? So what are your thoughts on those mm-hmm. things and where's our world gonna be five and 10 years from now with this stuff?
0: Really good question. It makes me think of like Ravicon's uh, four C's of leverage, which is like capital code and then there's content and collaboration, right? Well, tech and software, being AI is this code it's just a form of leverage I asked our team when it came out I'm like look are we are we farming without tractors are like are we row cropping this content like can we use AI and that's what it is right now it's a tool there has to be human oversight for especially in the legal vertical you could really run into issues so can it help you You know ideate headlines and outlines and things like that more quickly or do some research absolutely can enhance your productivity is it a standalone right now uh not right now thankfully i may not not have the seo gig anymore but (laughs) (laughs) but that's where we're at right now do you think it will i mean i think it's going to take
1: some people's jobs away don't you think
0: oh yeah i think so i think google's going to change look the the search generative experience we for a long time people are talking about these no clicks and how AI is gonna eat up. Well, there's rich snippets now. Yeah. If you Google, if you go to Google now, there's rich snippets where it doesn't take you to your website. So it's just gonna be more of that. The thing that people don't talk about enough, Danny Sullivan talks about this, is the more content goes on Google and the more adoption it gets. So there's more adoption, so there's more usage. So it's not gonna be just complete fall off entirely from these AI scenarios. And
1: I think it's still gonna be a human experience there, don't you think?
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah human experience. Also, AI is going to want to consume as much original <clears throat> content and thought as possible. So being truly unique and not just regurgitating things is going to have a lot of value.
1: So what would you tell yourself now? So you've been doing this gig since, uh, what was it been? Six years you said?
0: So the agency been 10 years, a little over 10 yeah. years, but on entrepreneur I'm on my own for about 16.
1: Okay. So what would you tell yourself? 15 16 years ago 10 years ago whatever
0: jeez invest <laughs> throw it in that, that throw it in that index fund <laughs> yeah, I would say what, what would I say? I would say don't be afraid of hiring It was a little yeah. bit I tried to do everything myself um, even early on, even though I had some freelancers and uh, just have to look at things differently yeah. and, and scale yourself. That'd be one of my biggest tips.
1: Was it scary to hire people?
0: Oh, it's, so I was really resistant to like HR. Yep. I was like, we don't need HR. Like, why do we need HR? And you, you hit this certain point, I think, you know, in the eight figures where you have all these ad- additional administrative costs, you have HR and finance and a bunch of mid managers, but they're a necessary component of scale. Yeah. And yeah, so that, that was something I had to get over. It's just more people.
1: What fires Chris up today? What, what do you, what are you excited about?
0: Geez, just just um, growing as a business owner, I I think that there's levels in this game. Like right now I'm I'm a CEO and I wanna be an owner and a chairman. And instead of me having to figure out who I need to hire, hire the CEO that figures that out with scale. So that's that's like what I'm excited about.
1: How long is that away, you think?
0: Couple couple years probably. Yeah.
1: It's exciting, right? Yeah, it
0: is. It is. So what's
1: next, man? What's
0: next for you
1: and what are you gonna continue to build?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying to grow the real estate portfolio. I, I look at it as like the, it's the equivalent of buying SEO retainers, permanent SEO retainers hmm. that sign year long contracts that are used to raising their rent every year. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to more of that. And man, just uh, being a dad, you know, um, once my kid starts playing sports, that's going to be a whole nother journey. <laughs>
1: you going to do it the same or different?
0: I will do it a bit different than my dad. The discipline, the training, and coaching will be there. Maybe a little bit more of the positivity. Sorry, Dad. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Yep. What's the drive? You know, I, I think about that a lot right now with, you know, two high school kids in sports and an eighth grader in sports, a fourth grader in sports. It's like, you know, my, my dad didn't push me. I went on and played some college golf. And, yep. um, I mean, they pushed me, but, but it wasn't like I probably had a different deal yeah. than what you had. And so I don't know what's right, man. You've yeah. got all sorts of people in here. and. You hear all sorts of different stories and it works a million different ways but i want them to follow their passions do it the way they want to do it and i'm sure that's what will happen with your son so when you hear uh achieving a future greater than your past um what comes to mind for you
0: geez legacy i would say legacy uh cheat you know teaching the values to to my kid and his kids and and passing on the financial wisdom to, to, or order to have these opportunities. And just, that's what I think. I think of legacy. Yeah, it's awesome.
1: Um, last question, fears. How many of the fears you've put in your mind have actually blown up to the
0: magnitude you put them
1: in your mind to be?
0: Ooh, that's a deep one. Immediately, when you said fears, I was thinking of bees because I'm allergic. <laughs> <Like> I, <laughs> but hate bees. I hate bees. I just had this conversation Be-
1: yesterday. We were at a golf tournament, a charity golf tournament, and a guy was telling a story from a few years before. He went back to the golf cart on this hole we were on, and he took a drink of his beer, and all of a sudden, a wasp was flying around in his mouth. And you oh. got stung like six or seven times. Oh,
0: that's like my worst nightmare. Had
1: no EpiPen out there or whatever. And I'm just like, oh boy. So anyway, I apologize, but no, I just, that just good. happened yesterday. I'm like,
0: that's, that's good. That's yeah. Fears, I just, health, you know, mm-hmm. I want to be there for my family and I'm trying to secure, you know, everything as much as I can. But I, I think that that's probably the biggest fears is to stay healthy. Is accountability there? It's there recently, but it hasn't been in the yeah. past. Yeah. I just did a uh, Frisella's uh, 75 hard. Oh, I just finished two days ago. How you feel? So feeling? that was, feel a lot better. Dropped about 20, got some new habits, yeah. working out every day and it was tough. It was really tough. To so f-
1: 75 hard for those listening, you've probably heard of it. Anybody listening to the podcast knows yeah. about it. But if not, so uh, two workouts a day, 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outdoors, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, read minimum of X pages, what 10, is it? Page. 10 pages a day. You got to drink mm-hmm. a gallon of water. Uh, No booze for uh, 75 days and Mm -hmm. then uh, no cheating on your diet. Yeah. Correct?
0: Yep. So what were you eating? So I just did keto and I did the the factor meals. So that helped out a lot. But then the no booze wasn't, you know, I I have drank, you know, every weekend for a long time, but that wasn't as hard. Honestly, the hardest one for me was the gallon of water Hmm. just because I felt like. There was no options. Like, I, oh, I want a soda. But, oh, man, I got another 40 yeah. ounces of water. I get to get it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So you feel different? I do. I do. I look I look a lot different, too. And I had, was the inside tracker? I hear that on, who's at Huberman's podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I bought that. And what triggered this is, like, my cholesterol. And every, all the numbers are okay. terrible. I was like, I got to make a change. So what's
1: the inside tracker? Is that the thing that goes in your arm?
0: So they... They basically come do a blood cha- a blood draw on like all different types of yeah. um, metrics, and it's really in depth. and It has an app, and it shows you like where you should be and where you're at, and recommendations. and I I got like a really bad score, and I'm like, okay, it's time. I need to I need to fix this. I need to improve. Well, I
1: think for me, accountability is there. You know, we did it, and of course, it worked so well for about ten months. We stopped doing it over the summer, and we're. Just getting ready. I hope we're going to get it back together. And I say, by hope it's, it's me. I started this thing, but it's 13 of my neighbors and my buddies. And so I sent a group text out and then, you know, we got to meet in my backyard 6.00 AM. And it's like, you know, if I'm not there, there's, you know, 12 of my buddies in my backyard. It's kind of weird, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I need that accountability. So yeah. I think that's what's what's got it. I got to do it and get it back on it. But, man, it's been awesome having you, Chris, on the Circuit yeah. of Success. Appreciate your time. As always, good to see you, my man. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, so Thanks for having me.
0: I'm just going to sign your name here.
1: Awesome. Here we go.